0: Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a special guest all the way from Florida. Edwin Carrion is a God-made millionaire, family-oriented Investor and mentor throughout his run, he has focused. He has founded several multi-million-dollar companies that specialize in real estate development, transportation and logistics, investment, and business education and consulting. Backed by 20 years of extensive experience in various industries, Edwin now shares his passion for entrepreneurship by mentoring others. Since he realized most people don't live a fulfilled life, simply because people believe success comes at the cost of poor family life, unbalanced life, and compromising their values to achieve success. Edwin guides people in the path of living life to the fullest by having balance in all areas. He often says, quote, I'm here to share knowledge with aspiring entrepreneurs and to address the problems by sharing what I know and and learned from experiences. Edwin, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Lance, how are you doing? Happy Monday. And to everyone out there listening to the show, welcome to the show.
0: Yes, So uh, before we get into what you do now, tell us about how you got here. Did you grow up in a family of entrepreneurs? Are you the first? And also, what is a God-made millionaire?
1: Okay. So I was not, I grew up in the United States. I came from Ecuador when I was 12 years old. And pretty much I started my life at 12 years old, living here in the United States. Did not speak English and learned to speak English here. Um, I was not I did not grow up from an entrepreneur family, but my family was a business owner. So, at the age of fourteen, more or less, she started. Uh, at the age when I was fourteen, she started an insurance agency, and until date, she still runs that insurance agency. Mm. And, and you know, that's where I got um, the the bug from her of working hard, and I, and I looked up to her because she works very hard. But again, her business still owns her
0: to today. Oh, I see. Yeah. So maybe that's where the balance comes in.
1: Yes. To the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, one more. So w- one part of that question, and I know I asked it was a very long question, but tell us what a, what, what is a God made millionaire?
1: God made millionaire. Perfect. Uh, so when uh, I became rich for the first time, I used to proclaim that I was self made millionaire. And then, of course, the moment that I proclaimed that in 2007, I went bankrupt. I lost all the money. And I realized that being a millionaire is not only being financially rich. Uh, and when I really got close to God, that my, you know, God is number one in my life and my faith, I realized that I was happy in all areas of my life. And by being happy in all areas of my life, that means that I'm rich in all areas of my life financially, personally, spiritually. Uh, and me, I am, you know, with my family and everything else. So I decided to change that title because and give glory to the Almighty, which is God-made millionaire. So I said that I'm a God-made millionaire because I am fulfilled in all areas of my life.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you for clarifying that for us. Uh, so I see you're a real estate developer. I've done a real estate development myself, and I'm always interested in talking with other developers and getting their take on the housing crisis. So uh, okay. if, if you're not aware, I'm sure you are, we are not building enough houses in the United States um, and there's many reasons for that, but I would I would love to hear what, if you have any ideas for solutions on how we get to the point of being able to provide enough houses to where we can finally maybe bring prices down, kind of get it a little bit more free market, sort of like uh, televisions. If you haven't noticed, like televisions since the 1970s have yeah. gotten more bigger, better, and even cheaper.
1: Yes, yes. Um, well, so, I mean the housing market it, it is a huge problem, but number one is that. In the places where people want to live, we're running out of land. And that is the one thing we cannot make more of, right? We're not a land, we cannot build anymore. So the only way to build is we have to go up. We have to go vertical. So we have to start building more condos, more apartment buildings. But then those are the few, like me, for example, I never liked living in a condo. So if we still want to live on a house, we have to start moving out and populating those unpopulated areas where there's still a lot of land left. And it's a huge problem, you know, we have to continue building, we have to continue uh, trying to sustain the population that is coming, migrating to the United States, and new people being born, new people, you know, getting married, grabbing families, and wanting to buy their first house.
0: Yeah, so you talked about, but, but it didn't sound like there was maybe a solution. So how about this? What, what do you think is the biggest barrier to us being able to build as many houses that we need to to bring the price down? Do you, like, what is the biggest problem?
1: To build as many houses, you know, um, it's the cost of living. You know, the, the cost of living. The, the higher the cost of living is, we we're we're in an inflation mode at this moment. Yeah. So since everything is so expensive, as developers, we can only build. You know, even though we want to build really, really inexpensive, there's 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 a barrier. There's a minimum that you know that we could build for. So we have to pass on those costs to the consumer. But I mean, as it, as inflation comes around the time, you know, back in the day when I started development 20 years ago, you know, a starter house was $200,000 and that was a lot for people. Nowadays it's, you know, half a million dollars and it's still a lot for people. So the numbers are not different because the numbers are relative to what was back then, what you could afford, what you could buy with $200,000. Today, there's nothing that you could buy with $200,000 because everything, you know, inflation. So the $500,000 house is a $200,000 back in the day, but people are making as much more. Back then when I started building, the minimum wage was like around eight dollars per hour now the minimum wage is like around 15 16 dollars per hour so it has double so it's not that everything is getting expensive it's that inflation is changing and then we have to look at at the real numbers at the cost of acquisition nowadays differently
0: yeah yeah absolutely inflation is a problem so one last question about development then and then i've got some other stuff we can move on to not to get stuck on this point but um, do you, do you think the government helps or do you think they hurt us when we try to make affordable housing or, or just more housing?
1: The, the government, in my opinion, it hurts, it hurts because, uh, it, when, when they give out so much, when they give out things to people it's like, people don't value things. And it happened to me growing up that, you know, my mom worked so hard putting me through private school that I didn't value that education as much as I should have. Because it was given to me for free. So I think in life, when, when you're giving things for free, you don't value them as much. And you don't have, you know, you don't have that, that sense of pride that, you know, I did it because of my own efforts. It came to me for free. So the, the reason it hurts everybody is because now it puts a burden on, on, on the builders that we have to build. There's all this money out there and all these people that are wanting to buy their houses. So we have to continue building, but when the cost is so high, it makes it unaffordable to the people that are getting all this free money because now in order for them to continue getting that free money, they have to be below a certain uh, income level. And at the moment that they go past that income level, they lose that help, And so it it puts them on on a a tight situation that you cannot make money because if you want to keep getting free stuff, you cannot make more money. But in order to, to live a regular life, you have to make money. So, you know, they're putting you know, their back against the wall. It's like, what do I do? Which way do I, which way do I go?
0: Yeah, it's a catch-22 for sure. Yes. Um, mo- mo- moving on to something else. Tell us about some of the bigger mistakes you made when you were just starting out. I love when people tell about their mistakes so that other people can maybe avoid those in the future.
1: Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes is chasing the money. Mm. As an entrepreneur, as a, as a young person, I left the Marine Corps when I was 22 years old. And to me, it was like, I want to be rich. I want to be successful. This is what I want. That was like my number one priority. And that's, you know, a huge problem. That's a huge mistake because we tend to set that as a priority of being rich, chasing the money that we put everything else aside in life. And, you know, we put away our our faith. We put away our health. We put away our relationships. We put away our family and we don't put them as priority anymore because, all we want in life, all we have in our head was chasing the money. And then once we get it, once we once we get to that point of success, you know, we're it, it's lonely on the top. You hear people saying, you know, you know, when you're on the top is lonely, you know, it becomes lonely because you know you achieve all of this, and you're like, wow, I have no friends, I have no health, I have no faith, I lost everything, I gave everything up to achieve this, and it doesn't make me happy. Mm-hmm. So that's why I always preach, you know, let's live life to the fullest. Let's have a balanced life. And then everything else will flow and everything else will come. And then you become a God made millionaire.
0: Yeah. I love I just Love that phrase. The more you say it, the God made millionaire. Uh, tell us about some investment strategies that you, especially maybe ones that you think you've had the most success with. Everybody wants to know where to put their money. And I'm not suggesting you're giving them direct investment advice, what they should do with their money, but maybe you could just give us some examples of your best investments.
1: When we talk about investment, uh, the number one investment is invest in yourself. That is like the, the, the investment where you're going to get the best return on investment, the best ROI. Why? Because the moment that you invest in yourself, in your education, and your growth, into doing the things that you want to do in life, the more that you're going to grow as a person. The better that you're going to get to, the more that you're going to change. We all change without time. Now, if you look at yourself 10 years ago, you have changed a lot. But, and we all change, right? But the most important thing is that did we improve with that change? Are we still the same? Are we still stuck in the same place? So investing in yourself, investing in in, in your education, you know, hiring a mentor, hiring a a spiritual coach, uh, having people that you look up to and and helping you get to where you want to get to in life. And I'm talking about it in all aspects of life, not just financially, you know, that's when you grow as a person and you improve. And when you look back, you're like, wow, you know, I have grown, I have improved my life and I have improved myself. But going back to your initial question on the financial side, now we're Mm -hmm. talking about money. Uh, The best investment for me has been, number one, running my own businesses. Because when I run my own business, I know that for a fact that every time I put a dollar in, I'm gonna get a dollar out. So that means I'm getting at least 100% return on investment. Then it comes down to the passive investments, right? Money that I have enough money in the bank that I could afford to invest into something else that is going to create passive income, meaning that I don't have to work for that money anymore. And a lot of people get confused because, you know, every time they're offered with passive income investments, they're like, oh, I can make more money. I can make 100% return on investment. Why am I going to get 6%, 7 8% returns? But the thing is that you need to learn that that money that you work hard for is going to start working for you without you having to do the work. And those are the best investments that I like. So I have put a lot of my money into real estate. A lot of the wealth in the, in the, in the world has been created through real estate. So I heavily believe in real estate. I you know I buy uh, houses, apartments, I have a land. And over time, they accumulate. But one of the things that I learned with that is that there's always a huge carrying cost. There's always a huge liability with that. So I started investing into the Forex market into the, the market, the stock market, because those are liquid investments, money that you could take in and out. And if you, if you look at an investment as a long-term strategy, and what I mean long-term 10 to 20 years, you know, that compound interest, that growth of the company little by little, it's gonna, it's, gonna, it's gonna be a huge sum of money in the long run. But again, it's looking at that strategy as a long-term strategy, long-term investment. And yeah. last but not least, it's like I said, the gamble, you know, then you got the gamble, you know, you want to make money quick and you want to get rich quick, you know, is, is when you follow the trends. And those trends have happened to me a couple of times. Uh, one of those trends was when when Bitcoin was hot, when uh, all this uh, cryptocurrency was hot like about two years ago, you know, it's gambling, putting money that I could afford to lose, that if I lose it, it's not going to hurt me. And, you know, I've been lucky and you know, fortunate enough, you know, to double, maybe triple my money in a, in a matter of a couple of weeks. When the when the when we had a recession, I got into the jewelry business. You know that was a gamble buying a lot of jewelry, broken jewelry because everybody that was into recession, the the precious metals prices double in price, and we're headed for that. So you start hedging and you start investing all the money instead of sitting in the bank. Start putting money there. Start putting into hard assets that eventually when we get, get into the recession, you know those tend to go up in the market, and you're able to cash out and you know, wait for the next thing, the next, the next best investment that will come
0: along. Yeah. The next opportunity. Yeah. I love that you started out with investing in yourself. I think you're so right. If you don't have your health, then your wealth is nothing, hundred yes. um, percent. a lot of people that uh, listen to this podcast are either thinking about starting a business or, um, uh, you know, or, or they will start one one day, but a lot of people think you need a lot of money to start a business. I, w- I would love to, for you to speak about, do you think you need a lot of money to start a business?
1: Okay. And I love this question because it is a two-sided question, right? So let's start with, do you need money to start a business? In most cases, 90% of the time, you do need money to start a business. Now, the question that you ask is, do you have to have the money, right? You don't have to have money to start a business. A lot of us, and especially myself, have started multiple multi-million dollar companies, you know, without having a penny to myself. And that's the beauty of it. As long as this, you're able to convince someone to invest in you or you're able to, to borrow money from somewhere, you could start the business that you want. But number one, you have to have the skill set. Or if you don't have the skill set, you need to make sure that you have a technical partner in order to start the business. And that's how I kind of started uh, two of my you know most notable companies uh, without any money. It was just I knew we needed the money and I didn't have the money. But you definitely could start a business if you don't have the money.
0: Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of it just takes the idea. And like you said, if there's a will, there's a way. Um, how are you able to manage so many businesses? I mean, some people ask me that, that question too, because I have multiple businesses and, and they do a lot of things, including this podcast. And they're like, how do, you, how do you do it all? So how do you do it all?
1: Okay. So, so for, for, those of, for those of you listening right now, I, I run four, four companies. And out of those four companies, just so you know, I only work like around 20 hours a week. Amazing. And, you know, to answer your question, how do I'm able to manage all those companies? Number one is you have to set priorities straight. And that's when we talk about living life to the fullest, right? We have to have a balanced life in our life. Once we have the balanced life, we set those priorities straight. So by that, the door opens
0: up. That's okay. So, you were on the part of uh, once you have a balanced life.
1: Yeah, once, once you have a balanced life and set those priorities straight, then you become more, more productive in the things that you do. Meaning that to me, my work life is nine to five. So in, in, in my work life, so I tell everybody, all my friends, look, my free time is nine to five. I get to do the things that I love in my life, nine to five meaning running a business. And number two, meeting with my friends or going out and doing the things that I want. That's my free time. So the reason I'm able to, to, to run for companies and only work 20 hours a week is because number one, I, I set the priority that I'm not going to work more than 40 hours a week. That's my priority. 40 hours a week is the max for my week. Everything else is family time, wife time, uh, other, other things, right? So besides that is having a great group of people, a great support system that will help you run your business because I'm no longer, my business no longer owns me, I own a business. So I am a true business owner. And as an entrepreneur, you wanna get to that point where you're a business owner and the business doesn't own you. So by doing that is we need to learn to delegate. And it's very hard, It's, it's extremely hard because we think we could do it all. You know, we like to wear all the hats. And we think nobody's going to do it better than we can. And it's true. Nobody's going to do it better than we're going to do it, right? But as long as we trust somebody else to do the things that we want them to do, and if they do it 80% 80 the way that you want it, it's perfectly fine. It's never going to be 100% because we are unique. And and we are unique in life, the way that we were made. And we're going to do things the way that we want them. We could teach other people to do things that we want them to do, They're going to do their best they can. But now you start relieving yourself and you start delegating and you build this great team and they will handle the business for you. if You create a great culture.
0: I love that. Yeah. Delegation. I agree with you. That's one of the hardest things to do is let go a little bit. And I think it's a, it's a big sign of maturity as a business owner. Once you kind of reach that level. Um, Tell us about how you uh, determine the difference between a good deal and a bad deal.
1: Okay. I mean the difference between a good deal and a bad deal it's all up to the person that is, that is doing the deal, right? So for me, I always look at two things. What is gonna be my ROI and what is my risk? So what is my risk to return ratio? What am I comfortable with? So it all depends that, you know, if I'm doing a development deal and they tell me, okay, on this development deal, you're gonna get a 1000% return on investment, but your risk is gonna be, you, you could lose everything. So now I have to make that decision. Am I willing to lose everything? Can I afford to lose everything so I could get a 1,000% of my investment? If I could do it, that's a great deal. Or it could be in the other way where they tell me, hey, just put your money here. Your money is secure, guaranteed. You're not going to lose it. Here's the 100% collateral. but you are only going to get 5% return on investment? Is that a good deal? Yeah, that's a good deal for money that I have sitting doing nothing because it's money is guaranteed. The money has the collateral. Nothing is going to go. So, A good deal is always depends on the person that's looking at the deal and what is the risk to reward and are you okay with that risk to reward?
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think there's ever a time where it's too late to start investing?
1: Never, never. I I don't think there's ever uh, a time that you're late, you could be 60, 70 years old and you start investing because the older what that we are, the more that we could invest because, you know, we have gotten to a point, a lot of people have gotten to a point now that we you know where they make a lot of money, where they have a lot more money saved up, but they never invested. So the older that we get, the more that we can start investing. The younger that we are, the the less that we can start investing. So I always recommend that if you have never invested, start now. start putting maybe ten dollars away a week, or if you can't afford ten dollars ten dollars a week, start putting a dollar a week. and then you eventually in the long term again, ten year investment, you start seeing the interest coming in. I'm like, wow, you know, I just made $10 on this investment and I haven't done anything for it. The money was just sitting there. And then with time, you start training your mind and it's all a mindset game. You start training your mind that, you know what? I need to let my hard-earned money work for me by itself. And it's a long-term investment. Instead of putting it on the bank where I'm only going to get the 2%, 1% returns, let me just put it on a company, in a solid company that I trust. Let me put it with... Uh, XYZ friend that I know he's he, he's doing amazing real estate deals and he's been doing this for 20 years and I see him growing and making money because we all have those friends, right? We all have those friends that are on the top and they have been on the top for many years. But, you know, all we have to do is just ask, hey, can I invest a little bit of money with you? And a lot of times there's always an opportunity to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I like that you contrasted investing young, you probably have a lot less capital versus old, and then you have more capital. So yeah, I mean, I think that's a perfect sort of back and forth to realize that really anytime is a good time to invest. Um, You talk about life and being balanced a lot. I really appreciate that as somebody who does much like you do nine to five, and then I have, you know, a good support team and all of that. Tell us how you live life to the fullest.
1: Um, I live life to the fullest, but, and let me just start with this analogy that I always tell people, if something were to happen to me today and I end up in a hospital and I'm about to die and they something you have a few hours to die, you know, I look back in my life and I'll reflect and I'll say, you know what? I'm not going to shoot on myself, meaning that I'm not going to say, I should have done this. I should have done that. I could have done this. I could have done that. What I'm going to say is I'm going to look back and say, wow, Edwin, you had a freaking amazing life. I mean, you accomplished all your dreams up to now, all the dreams that you had, you have done them. Uh, you know, you have your life, you have your family, you have this amazing life, you did everything you wanted to do. And to me, that's living life to the fullest, that you're able to live your life the way that you designed it, the way that you want it. And, and as kids, we all have dreams, right? We all have dreams that, you know, I want to be a pilot, I want to be an astronaut, I want to be a, a scientist. We all have these dreams that along the way and as long priorities came over, we forgot about those dreams. And there's a lot of dreams that we can still accomplish and be part of. But again, it's prioritizing our life. You know, what's important in our life for us? And to me, again, I started with setting those boundaries, setting those priorities that my work life and my free time is nine to five because I'm able to do everything that I want during nine, nine to five. If I want to go out for a joy ride on my car during the day, you know, I go out. My wife is not going to have a problem because I'm not going to hang out with my friends. I'm not doing nothing crazy. But then when a five o'clock comes around, you know, that's my family time. That's a huge priority that I spend the time with them. And not only spending time with them, but being present, which nowadays, because of our telephones, because of our cell phones and all these crazy things that we have, all this technology, you know, we need to start being present more. Um, before that is my health. Make sure that I I get to work on it. Make sure that I eat healthy. So we need to prioritize those things in our life. And once we start prioritizing those things in our life, and especially the time for us, we start becoming happy. So when we're happy, we make everybody else around us happy. The wife, the kids, the husbands, uh, the significant others. We start making our employees happy. We start coming to our business happy. And and everything else around our lives starts flourishing and it starts you know, you, you start seeing the results of all these things that you have in your set it, 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 for yourself. And again, it's, it's a mindset. You know, it's very hard to let go as an entrepreneur. You know, like I need to be, I need to be in my office 20 hours a day. I, I need to be in my office 15 hours a day. But if you really realize at the end of the day, if you write down all the things that you did, you probably could have accomplished all of those things in two, three hours, if you were really productive and effective versus sitting there trying to figure out what to do, worrying about those problems for 12 hours. Because once we're pressed for time, the less that we think on the negative and the more that we focus on what we needs to be done and on the positive.
0: 100%. Yeah. Uh, we're coming up on the half hour here of our interview. And there's two, two last questions I'd like to ask everybody. And the first one is, knowing what you know now, and if you could go back in time to when you first started your, your first business, what is one piece of advice you'd give yourself?
1: Uh, the, the one piece of advice I will tell myself is, great job, Edwin. Keep doing everything you're doing. Don't change one thing. And because when I come back, I know that if I change one thing, my life will not be the same as it is today. So again, for every one of you, you know, don't shoot on yourself. Whatever happened, happened. And that's the best learning experience you could have is what you do moving forward. What really counts.
0: Yeah, I love that. It sounds like you're a man who does not live his life with regret. And I really appreciate that. I mean, you just, even if you make mistakes, you're just moving one step ahead and, and, and thinking positively. Edwin, yeah. uh, you, you have been fantastic. Where can people find, follow, and learn more about you and what you do?
1: Yes, uh, you can follow me on my social media channels, which is uh, Instagram and Facebook, EdwinCarion78, or just go to my website, edwincarion.com. Edwin, C A R R I O N.com. And if you guys have any questions or anything like that, please do not hesitate. Just send me a message. It might take me a little bit to get back to you, but if you don't ask, you're not going to get so go ahead and ask and I could definitely help you out and reach out to anybody that you look up to you know if, if you look up to Lance you know reach out to him I'm sure he's available and he'll ask you answer any questions that you may have
0: yeah absolutely thanks again so much for being on the show today Edwin we appreciate your time
1: thank you for having me